to the Library of Impossible Things. The library is a place where Doctor Who fans bring an object that symbolises something about their love for Doctor Who, but also gives them the chance to share their stories. Today, we've got a special Christmas episode, and this is me again, and I would like to tell you all about Doctor Who and Christmas for me. It all begins in Christmas 1980, which is the second year of me enjoying the show, but the first year where I was completely obsessed with the show. And this was my first Doctor Who Christmas. And that Christmas, one of my main presents was the Talking Canine from Palatoy. And wow, the Palatoy Talking Canine, that was the toy of my childhood. I absolutely adored him. I can remember opening that on Christmas Day and being very excited. I can remember just pressing it through to see what he said and then going off on adventures together. Um, as I said in the first episode, I used to have him on a piece of string and trundle him along behind me for adventures. And that all started Christmas Day that year, 1980. Seems like yesterday, which is, um, and it really isn't anymore, is it? So that was where it all began with Doctor Who and Christmas presents. That Christmas, I also got the 1981 Doctor Who annual, and this would become a staple throughout my childhood. That year, it was a present from my um, from my parents, but following that, every year, it would be a present from my Uncle Tim and Auntie Sue, right up to when they stopped publishing in 1985, so the second Colin Baker annual. So that was something I always knew was coming and was an absolute delight. I loved the Doctor Who annuals, as anyone who's heard me on the Trap One audio adventure reviews will know. They were a huge part of my childhood, and collecting those was, was something that I really loved doing. Even before I could read them the stories properly, I used to love just looking at the pictures. And the pictures in the 1981 annual are particularly evocative in, in lots of ways. I loved the comic strip, which was all about K-9, and there's a particular part where he says something that is almost like what the talking canine said which was always an absolute delight so every dog has his day um still has a, a a bit of magic for me but also there were lots of wonderful pictures of of tom and almost lala um so as i now know a lot of the companions didn't allow their likenesses to be used and i think lala ward was one of them Although there were pictures that were pretty much like her. There's also what looked like a cameo from Sarah Jane Smith. But the pictures really grabbed me and my imagination in the way that Doctor Who did. I mean, there was a great big sea monster rising out behind Tom Baker and the TARDIS in the in the um, flypapers for the... Flypapers? The end papers of the, the annual, which was, was a hugely evocative image. And these annuals sort of threw into the 80s really really caught me and my imagination particularly once I could start reading the stories myself I they were weird and wonderful and as the 80s went on obviously they were a bit more like they were on TV so that was was a joy uh yeah so that was was really a, a big tr Christmas tradition I also Christmas 1980 because I remember all of these things this is how my brain works um received the box of goodies Doctor Who chocolate shapes with the TARDIS and K9 and a Dalek and a Cyberman and really fantastic box artwork and a little board game on the back with a spinner that we cut out. My dad put a match in the middle so that we could spin it, which I remember very well. And we played that little game a lot. And those uh, 
pictures from the box ended up being cut out and stuck on my bedroom wall for years. So, um, they s- sat on my notice board for a long, long time. So they were a, a part of my life for, for ages, really. And then, obviously, as I mentioned before, I ended up collecting the Target books. Now, this was my other big, big collection sort of through the 1980s and through my childhood, really. And again, this became a Christmas staple. So my my auntie Linda, who sadly died a couple of years ago now, um, every Christmas she would buy me a selection of Target books. And this became a a tradition right up to the end of the 80s, really, when my collection was almost complete. Around November time, I'd get a, a telephone call from her saying that I needed to write her a letter with a list of the books that I hadn't got or, or really wanted. She would then go off to WH Smith's in Yeovil and order me a selection of books. And every Christmas I'd be really excited because I wanted to know which ones I was going to get this year. And she never let me down. She always got a really fantastic selection. And eventually my parents kind of realised that this would be the best present to put in my stocking. Because they knew I'd unwrap that early on because we were always up very early, me and my brother and sister on Christmas Day. We were very excited children for Christmas. So this would go into my stocking knowing that when we woke up I'd unwrap this and I would sit in bed quietly and read one of my latest Target books. I Every year there was a, a, a brilliant selection. I'd get four or five and yeah, it was just, just really... Yeah, it was just something I looked forward to every year, you know, it, just seeing what, what was coming. I can remember Christmas 1985, sat in my bedroom on Christmas afternoon, reading Warriors of the Deep, listening to um, Doctor Who the Music Volume 2, when the music from um, Warriors of the Deep was playing. So that was a, a present that I'd had from my parents that year. And yeah, and that being a kind of magical and atmospheric afternoon book's much better than it is on TV. Good old Terence Sticks never let us down, did he? So Doctor Who and Christmas sort of became part of part of the furniture really because as a as a young fan, all I wanted was Doctor Who stuff. So I'd usually get a selection of of bits and pieces from from various relatives and and things. So one year I got the the wonderful Dalek omnibus hardback um, from the mid-80s with the wonderful cover by Andrew Skeletta with the Daleks blasting the earth to bits. That was from my, my Uncle Dave and Auntie Kath that year, and that was a very special book. I didn't own any hardbacks at that time, so that was gorgeous. And to have three Doctor Who books in one was was really, really special. Even though I'd got the Target books of them all, having them in one hardback volume was very special. And eventually, sort of towards the end of the 80s, it became all about the BBC videos. So Christmas 1986 was the year I got my first BBC video and that was Revenge of the Cybermen. And in an unprecedented move, because this was such an exciting thing, um, my dad actually let me put that on on Christmas morning. I mean, usually we never had the TV on on Christmas morning. We'd have music while mum was cooking and carols and and things like that. But um, putting the telly on that, that Christmas was, yeah, that... That was a big break with tradition. And then I got into trouble because the first thing I did was watch the title sequence and then rewind it 
and watch the title sequence again. Nobody in the rest of the family understood why seeing these Tom Baker titles was so exciting again after so many years. But to be able to see that, they were always a bit magical for me. So that was yeah, that didn't go down well. I got a, got a bit bit of a telling off, but I did sit and watch the rest of the story for the next ninety minutes and was very quiet <laughs> while my brother and sister got on with with playing with whichever toys they'd got that year and, and things like that. I got a little bit ahead here because obviously I've forgotten the very best Christmas of all, which was Christmas 1981. And it's a bit of a joke in my family because it was the year before my brother was born. My mum was very heavily pregnant that Christmas. And me and my sister still say it was the best Christmas of our whole childhood. And the reason why that one was particularly um, memorable for us both was it was the year we both got different tents. My sister got um, a Wendy house and I got the TARDIS tent from from Decca, which was just brilliant. Oh God, I loved the TARDIS tent. It was so beautifully blue and it smelt of wonderful um, plastic and it had this wonderful blue window in it where you could see out through the scanner screen and there was a TARDIS console in there. And my parents must have been so happy because basically for Christmas Day, I sat in my TARDIS tent, my sister sat in her Wendy house, we didn't speak to each other, we just played on our own, went on our own adventures, and they must have had enjoyed the peace and quiet that year. So yeah, I remember sitting in the TARDIS tent listening to the Genesis of the Daleks cassette on my little cassette recorder that I'd had for my birthday that year, and it just being, being absolutely magical. I was in my own little world. I was in my own TARDIS. Can you believe it? With its blow up light on top. And I then spent over the next few years while I could still fit in it because I grew quite quickly, um, having great times just going off on adventures in my own little TARDIS. Oh God, no magical, magical times. So yes, as I said, at the end of the 80s, uh, it was all about the BBC video. So Christmas 1987, um, I got a big haul of, of videos. I got Death to the Daleks. I got Pyramids of Mars. Um, and that was Christmas, the one Christmas of my childhood where I was unwell. And I was really unwell. I couldn't, I was so unwell actually that I couldn't eat any chocolate and I couldn't eat any Christmas dinner. Um, and I just felt really I was really ill. I'd passed out at midnight mass the night before at church, which was, was a bit of a bit of a blow, really, for my poor mum who had to get me home. Um, I don't quite know what it was, but I was not, not good. And while everyone was sat enjoying their Christmas dinner and their lovely Christmas pudding, because it's one of my favourite parts of Christmas is the Christmas pudding, um, I unfortunately was sort of sat being feeling very miserable on the sofa watching Pyramids of Mars. There we go. Maybe that's a Doctor Who fan dream. I don't know. I was quite obsessed with Pyramids of Mars for a while, so that was that was nice. Um, but yeah, it was a bit of a strange one, that one. But Death to the Daleks I remember watching because I was amazed by this title sequence I didn't know anything about. See, always comes back to title sequences. And those spears of light were just, wow! Yeah, that was cool. Just seeing that for the first time. There's been a lot of talk about that this last week because they're 50 years old and yeah, there's a lot of love for that that set of titles. So yeah, so that was um that was it. And um, 
That year, of course, was also the year that I got the present that was bigger on the inside from my friend Richard at school, which was the season 18 scarf that his nan had knitted for me, which was just beautiful and long and is still around to this day. Survived all those years. And yeah, that was that was great. So I was sat there in my scarf, feeling sorry for myself, but feeling very, very warm <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> and, you know into the 90s there would be always be a selection of videos be a selection of whatever books um we could get so um 1988 there was the cyberman book which was was wonderful i poured for hours over that book i absolutely love that book to this day and i know my mum had very very definitely wanted to get me the um the very expensive 100 pounds made of space material edition but um not quite managed that unfortunately so the the uh, normal cyberman book was more than enough absolutely loved that book and i had um a selection of um the first day covers that had been produced for the 25th anniversary with one signed by sylvester mccoy and one signed by john pertwee which was was absolutely wonderful as well so um and they were nicely framed and went on, up on my wall. My dad carefully popped those up for me. And that was, yeah, that was great. Um, so other things that sort of stood out. Um, 1993, coming back from university and um, opening a present on Christmas morning, um, which turned out to be a kettle or at least a kettle box. And what I hadn't realised, of course, was the box was the box for my kettle that I took to university. And uh, my parents, in their usual way of doing these things, said, well, come on, just open it up. Have a look at it, because you might really like the kettle. And I was a bit, oh, I don't know. I was 18. I was very unimpressed with that as a present. And inside was the trial of a Time Lord tin. <laughs> so, yeah, they worked their magic. They're all very good at hiding presents and disguising things. So that was that was a nice surprise. And it was, yeah, trials are... I mean, there's lots of stories about people loving that tin, and I was another one who loved that. So that that was there. Around that time, me and my, my friend Richard were, were getting pirate videos um, from from our dealer, as we like to call him. It sounds a lot more salacious and illegal than it probably was, but that was always fun. And I do remember the Christmas before that, um, Richard's mum getting in touch with me and giving me some money to send off for a selection of um, of stories for him that we hadn't got and just having sort of the chance to select um, some some stories and for him that Christmas was, was really nice because he didn't know what was coming. I got to choose which ones he was going to see. And we had a bit of a uh, mid Tom Baker and early Peter Davison fest because those were the things we were, were kind of into at that time so that was 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 good fun so I, I do remember enjoying choosing those and over the previous few Christmases through our various people that we we dealt with we got got exciting stories I remember Richard getting me Destiny of the Daleks one Christmas which was was lovely to see because that was my first story and I hadn't seen that probably in 10 years at that point 10, 11 years so that was was quite magical to sit down and be able to watch that at Christmas and I'd always buy him a lovely Doctor Who gift as well and sort of December 92 as well because uh, we went off for our first um, 
experience of Doctor Who at the BFI, which is now a bit of a staple, but I've forgotten for a long time that that was actually something we did back in December 92 when we went to see the newly recolorized Terror of the Autumn several months before it was unveiled to the public on BBC Video. So that was a bit of a treat. So yeah, and the BFI will come back into this story in a little while. Christmas was always a, a magical time in my family, even as we all got older and wiser. I don't think there was ever a year where there was no Doctor Who presence from the family at all. They always found me something that I hadn't got. My brother and sister would always be very good at that. And in, in the late 90s, there was the wonderful MVC sales where you could suddenly buy several BBC videos for around £15 or whatever, and they would always indulge me at that point and find ones that I hadn't got. Um, and my first Christmas away from the family was with my, my first real serious partner, Paul, and he was a, also another Doctor Who fan. This was Christmas 1998, and we had a lovely day. I cooked us Christmas dinner. We sat and did that, and we had presents, and... That was the Christmas of the marvellous Ice Warriors box set on VHS. And what a joy that was. I We sat and watched the wonderful documentary that was on there. That was so much fun. The Missing Years. Laughing our heads off at Deborah Watling and Fraser Hines and their wonderful linking material. And what they were doing in the basement of a Mormon church remains a mystery to this day ah oh, brilliant and watching the ice warriors which i've never really seen um and it was very snowy so it felt very christmasy so that was was lovely and um the year before that i'd had my first sort of new year's party and i remember us as it was sort of still fairly new at that point seeing in the new year with the countdown from the tv movie to new year Oh, God, I'm such a fanboy at times. <laughs> but they, everyone seemed to really enjoy it, and we had a laugh, so that was that was great. And so it goes on, really, and sort of in 2003, 20-odd years ago, I met, met my ex-partner, Steve, and obviously, as both being Doctor Who fans, there were more Doctor Who presents and more scope for buying obscure and wonderful presents sort of down the years so the first christmas i bought him the marvelous canine and company vhs because he'd never seen canine and company it was the only vhs missing from his collection so um that was lovely and of course he then repaid me the the pleasure of this in 2006 when he bought me the big remote control canine which was was gorgeous made me wait until boxing day to open that that was a real wait for that so that was that was interesting and i was just so over the moon when i got that and remember taking him home and trundling him round the living room on the the wooden floor and him just flying around yeah there's something ma something still magical for me about canine <laughs> so this never stops and of course for 2005, we had the joy of having Doctor Who on Christmas Day, which as a kid felt like something that would never happen, you know? Uh, I used to think about what a Doctor Who Christmas special would be like. Would it be a past Doctor adventure? Could they get someone else back to do it? Wouldn't that have been great? The only one we'd really had was Canine and Company, which I do remember watching back in 1981. I was 
in one of the areas where it wasn't affected by the um, the problems with the Winter Hill aerial up north from me. So I didn't know about that till years later and all those people who'd never seen it. So I can remember being very excited to see that and loving the theme tune and loving seeing K9 in action and Sarah Jane. And it was something that sort of sat in my memory for a long time. So that was an, a joy to, to be able to see that back then. Um, but then 2005, Doctor Who on Christmas Day. So we sat there a little bit drunk. Um, and this was the first Christmas that I'd spent with, with Steve's family. So it was all a bit different anyway and all a bit bit sort of strange and overwhelming and then culminating in watching Doctor Who on Christmas Day and the first episode of a new Doctor as well I mean wow I mean that that was spectacular and then every year sort of we'd we'd catch it and gradually sort of the rest of the family would sort of dwindle away and it'd be just a couple of us watching but for that one Christmas that everyone was there watching that one it, it was a really special special and exciting thing Doctor Who being back was special and exciting but having Doctor Who on Christmas Day wow that was cool I I, I remember watching the end of time part one at my sister's because my my nephew was a, a big fan at that point so we all sat to watch that on Christmas Day and her in-laws making comments all the way through because they weren't big Doctor Who watchers so I do remember when the master sort of took off um, sort of from his amazing big jump and my um, my sister's late father-in-law turned around and said has he always been able to do that what's going on and it's sort of all those non-fan questions that you dread when you're watching it and just thinking I just want to watch this and and I'm happy to answer all these questions but sat next to Luke on Christmas day when he was still still young and um watching that together was was also a really lovely thing to do so that's a that's a happy memory and so it's sort of gone on really so lots of doctor who presents lots of doctor who toys and stuff there was a year that all the big finish short trips books turned up in great big parcels for me on christmas day that was was lovely the year i got a selection of W.H. Allen hardback books in second hand in various conditions but were lovely to have and just looking through this this wonderful collection getting the Marvel Doctor Who uh, Panini sorry uh, Doctor Who storybooks each year which were beautiful and and such a shame those stopped so early because those were full of brilliant stories and were were really really loved sort of much more than the the sort of official annuals that were, were coming out at the time i i adored those and yeah that's that's it doctor who and christmas are sort of kind of synonymous for me and so it goes on so this year um something really special happened this christmas and i can tell you about this now because this happened only this week uh thanks to uh, thanks to the coincidence wink wink of me doing podcasts and me reading stories at work um i actually earlier this year or late last year got recognized from my voice um so a lovely man called tom keel he came up to me and said oh you're Cy aren't you he said hello I'm, I'm Tom he said I've listened to lots of your podcasts and I hadn't put two and two together and realized that you were the the man who reads stories to my son most weeks when my wife comes 
and we got chatting. He's a big Doctor Who fan. And then out of the blue, a couple of weeks back, um, I got a lovely invite to go and see this year's Doctor Who Christmas special at the press launch night at the BFI. So, see, I told you the BFI would come round. It's a coincidence again. Um, and so me and my wonderful friend Joe Ford were both sort of asked if we would like his complimentary tickets. And of course, of course we took that up and we had a wonderful day only on Monday this week. Um, going around London like excited kids um, trying to keep our, ourselves together um, to get there. And then a wonderful evening at the BFI. We arrived, given free drinks. Always a good thing. Um, some, had pictures in front of the TARDIS. We met Russell T Davis and Anita Dobson, who is in the new episode. And Brian May, Brian May of Queen. Wow. Who's there to support his wife? And, yep, yeah, sort of had a chance to, to have our picture taken on the blue carpet where all the stars stand with the Doctor Who logo behind us and had a, a, an amazing video as well. Plus, just going around and being, being very excited and we, we got to go into the, the theatre and see Shooty's first episode, which you're all going to love, I think, it was was wonderful but the atmosphere there was so wonderful we we got to our seats and found there was a tub of um pop popcorn in a tardis shaped tub for us all which was great um and yeah got heard a speech from the bbc director general and then um after the episode itself which which we thoroughly enjoyed and we could hear shooty laughing all the way through it as he was dragged along on the adventure and then got the question and answer with Shooty and Millie and Russell T Davis at the end as well. What a special night after a year that's been pretty tough for me. That was a wonderful and magical way to end end the year um, with one of my best friends seeing new Doctor Who in an audience that loved it, that was full of children and you could hear them laughing and enjoying it and everyone coming out raving about the episode yeah that was a very special thing uh i yeah i can't quite believe that we got to do it i just got to say quickly thank you again tom for for that i know i loved it and really appreciated it and i know joe did as well so yeah it's just something something really special for us both and that's it Doctor Who and Christmas, they, they kind of go together for me. Again, like like everything in my life, Doctor Who has been there. Doctor Who has been a part of my life for, for a very long time. Um, 44 years this year, you know. And so, obviously, Christmas was always going to be full of Doctor Who goodies for me. And that's a lovely thing. It's, uh, that's a lovely thing about having a hobby and something that you love, that it becomes part of the web of your life as well and so i can measure out christmases by which doctor who gifts i was given i've got to mention christmas 1983 with the um the making of the visitation book and doctor who a celebration see there are always new things to remember and and uh, 
talk about. Those were were great presents. And again, another year where I sat and read and looked at pictures and was amazed by the world of Doctor Who. So, yeah, it's thinking about Christmas. It's kind of synonymous with Doctor Who for me. Like pretty much all of my life, isn't it? You know, <laughs> it's just there. Doctor Who and me, we're we're together, <laughs> you know, and that's not a bad thing. So, thank you very much for listening. A Merry Christmas to all of you at home, because of course, Merry Christmas to all of you at home. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas, and we'll be back in the new year with some more guests for the library. Um, if you've been enjoying the episodes we've done so far and enjoyed the chats with Fraser and Daniel and Cy Hunt, then please do think about leaving a review and a rating on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast because it will help other Doctor Who fans find the podcast. And I would really love, I really, really appreciate that. And we'll be back in the new year to put some more objects into the library and hear some more stories of fans and their love for this show. Thank you, and goodbye.